everybody, and welcome to Jordan Talks Titans, the Titans Season 1 Wrap-Up and Recap Show. I am Jordan Haas. Uh, this is on the Funtime Calls uh, podcast network. Uh, just because if you've been following along on the Funtime Calls uh, podcast, a very funny podcast with me and my friends Ian and Jack, you would know I've been watching the television series Titans on the DC streaming service. All 11 episodes are now available on DC uh, streaming, so if you have a one-week free trial, you can binge-watch it all right now. And if you're not in the United States or Canada, you can, of course, wait for it to go up on Netflix and then binge-watch it there, because it's going to be on Netflix anywhere else but the United States, because, of course, that's how streaming services work operate i guess it's it's just an it's a nightmare it's a it's a nightmare show i think you know what just just wait for the young justice season three anyway i most of you you probably liked like dick grayson because you watched young justice when you were like a teenager anyway so just just wait for that whatever your head canon is for the bat family or whatever may, may, maybe wait for young justice season three maybe then you'll have, feel like you, you know you got some closure with wally and artemis and all that and there's the outsider storyline sure maybe we'll wait for that because titans is definitely not that show and definitely not good young justice is much better than titans um but, but there are some diehard Titans fans, and I think it's only because a lot of these people who watch Titans grew up uh, watching the Titans cartoon on Cartoon Network, or they are just longtime fans of, of Robin like me, or Raven, or Beast Boy, and just to get some sort of a live-action adaptation is worth it for these people. And I think that's kind of the reason why I kept watching this first season of Titans. And I gotta tell you right now, season, the pilot episode, when we did the first recording, I had a little bit more hopes for it. I thought it was okay. And then going through the entire season, there were a lot of good episodes and a whole lot, a whole lot of garbage episodes. So much so it was basically tedious to watch some of these episodes. It was a chore to watch them. I was not enjoying them. The reason I kept watching was expecting there to be a good payoff at the end. The 11th episode is called Dick Grayson. Maybe this is the episode we're going to see Nightwing. Maybe this is going to be the episode we're going to see that final confrontation with Batman. Maybe this is the thing where they're all going to come together as a group. Maybe there's going to be a lot of loose ends that are tied. And I'm going to tell you right now, none of them are tied. It is a bad show. This is the worst DC television show. Actually, it, it probably is still better than the Arrow right now because they don't know what the hell they're doing on Arrow, and the Flash is just barely fucking up the timeline every so often. And then you have Supergirl, which is just she exists. That's good, and something involving you know Kryptonian legends and finding stuff on home planets. Legends of Tomorrow is actually probably the campiest show, and I'd like to thank my friend Spencer for, for telling me to keep watching it. Hell, Bebo, to you. Um, but Titans, I thought was going to be a lot better than this. I thought they were going to just maybe do two episodes where it's just going to be, fuck this, fuck that, bloody, bloody. No, it is a hot, hot mess. It is a hot mess because it was a rushed production, and it's a limited budget, and I think a lot of these scripts were just done on the fly, like maybe one week to make them, and then like it took two weeks to just get all the props set up, 
because it was it looked very horrible. And the only thing going for the, the this show is the actors. The actors on Titans are okay, actually. Anna Diop is, as Starfire is actually probably the best character. Exactly like I said in the pilot episode. Because at least there is some sort of story arc that you're getting from her in terms of trying to figure out her past. But when we get to the, her episode, it was very disappointing. Raven is basically the main character of season one because it's her story about trying to find her family. And of course, they somehow managed to screw up a very basic, yeah, your parents are evil sociopaths who are literally Satan, here to destroy the entire world. They couldn't even figure out how to do that correctly. Then, then you have Beast Boy. And Beast Boy is supposed to be a lighthearted, charming, he, yeah, he's the comic relief character. But you're supposed to get, like, some sort of backstory about why he's Beast Boy. And you barely got that because most of the time when they were trying to show his origin story, it was more on let's try to move Doom Patrol. Because Doom Patrol is coming out in February. And you got Brandon Frazier on that. Brandon fucking Frazier to be Robot Man. And you got Matt Bomer to be Negative Man. These are two people that I have been on message boards saying, Brandon Fraser should be Howard Jordan in the Greenland movie. Matt Bomer should be Nightwing in the Nightwing movie. And guess what? You don't get none of that. You get Doom Patrol. And Doom Patrol's okay. It's campy. It's silly. It's goofy. I understand it. I don't know if I want to see it because of how bad Titans is. Titans is a complete waste of time. Except for, except for one episode. And I'll, of course, be raving about that episode in just a bit. It is not worth the money. It is not worth the price of admission. I do not know a reason why you would watch it other than it's so bad it's good or it's just on. Uh, as, as Titans was going through its its phase, you know... Uh, that season one weekly episodes, Netflix canceled basically every Marvel show. There's no Daredevil. There's no Luke Cage. There is no Iron Fist. And Titans basically, in its whole PR spin, tried to say, this is the DC equivalent of those, of those Marvel Netflix shows. Not even close. Not even close. Although there were a few hallway fights, that, that, that is something they can at least say. Uh, it mirrors that of Daredevil. Um, but, oh, geez, it's... Oh, where do we start? Um, I guess we'll go episode by episode and do a quick recap, and I'll just say it, they're all pretty bad. Episode one was the pilot called Titans. This was the one where Dick Grayson is a Detroit cop and he sees Rachel. Rachel's Raven. And we'll just intersplice it from here on out. So if I say Dick Grayson, you know it's Robin. If I say Rachel, you know it's Raven. If I say Gar, you know it's Beast Boy. If I say Corey, you know that's Starfire. And I'll be splicing that back and forth. They don't really care much for costumes enough in this show that... If the guy is dressed as Robin, they say Dick Grayson. If the guy is Rachel, they say Ra Raven sometimes. It doesn't matter, I think. <sighs> so, we go into episode one, and, and it's uh, Raven and Dick Grayson, and the B-plot of Rachel, basically, uh, of Starfire burning down a German techno uh, room. 
And then you had Beast Boy as the Green Tiger. And spoilers, the show is so cheap, that's the only morph that Beast Boy can turn into this entire season, is a Green Tiger. That's it. No monkey, no elephant, uh, no lion, not even a bear, not even a grizzly bear. It's just a Green Tiger. And I think it's because of a budgetary standpoint or just because we don't know how to write Beast Boy. Because Beast Boy basically could have fallen off the face of the earth and not really exist in the first season. Because there is no arc for Beast Boy in this. Not even a I have a crush on Raven, I want to smooch Raven kind of thing. None of that existed. He might as well have non-existed in this entire first season. So, uh, it really is just about Rachel, Dick Grayson, Starfire, and if you want to go into each of those villain things, here it is. Starfire's trying to figure out who she is and basically just burns stuff. That's it. I, she burns things, and her pink hair turns even brighter pink, like a, like a coil, like a hot coil, basically, because she's Starfire, the live the wire, the alien princess in her alien attire. Uh, it's... It, it's weird because it seems like they were trying to write every various way to do this and it seems like their main message originally was supposed to be a a plot about uh friends or family family is not who we uh who we uh who is given to us the family is those that uh actually help us up so you were supposed to get that with all four characters, you were supposed to get Dick Grayson because you had the Flying Circus and you had you had the not the Flying Circus, not Monty Python, the Flying Graysons, uh, the Flying Graysons mishap, and and then you had him getting picked up by Bruce Wayne, and then the antagonistic of Bruce Wayne's not my dad, my dad is dead, and then oh, okay he's my dad, and then of course the big breakup between Batman and Robin, which starts the reason he goes to Detroit to become a police officer that spoilers does not really happen and does not become a plot point for any of the other episodes other than there is a female detective in Detroit that becomes refrigerated that's it why the hell is he a cop he doesn't do cop things so that's supposed to be the storyline of the friends or family so Dick Grayson has no family because you've lost Batman so now you have no family but he's trying to recuperate with the people he has left over, which becomes Donna Troy, which becomes Alfred Pennyworth. But there's no Alfred Pennyworth pretty much in any of the first season. It's just brought up that he still has a connection with Alfred. And then you have Starfire. Starfire does not know who she is. Towards the end of the 10th le- the episode, she basically just shows a spaceship and then says, I'm from the planet Tamara and now I remember. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, Rachel is basically the main story of this, but I'm going to go into that because it's basically her season. Uh, we go to Beast Boy. Beast Boy is basically, oh, I'm in, uh, uh, missionary work in Africa, uh, and he become he gets injected with some animal blood or some kind, some sort of toxic alien blood, some mystical animal stuff, and then finds his family within the Doom Patrol. So the Doom Patrol basically becomes his family, which makes sense. So you have this sort of, oh, I get it. This is the family now. And he has many dads and moms. That's good. There's Negative Man making lots and lots of food. 
But that's it. Like, there's nothing else he does. He doesn't make pop culture references. He has a, a man cave in the Doom Patrol manor where he plays Cuphead, but it has beep boop 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 beep boop music, and I don't know why. That's not how Cuphead sounds. Ah. Um, so it's Rachel's story. Rachel basically sees her mom die and then runs to tell the police. The police try to investigate. Of course, that's Dick Grayson. The Dick Grayson puts him into witness protection, which brings us into episode two, Hawk and Dove. So to protect Rachel, he decides it's a good idea to hand it to Hank and Don, which is Hawk and Dove, a couple now who's been, you know, on and again for about two years now. And we have flashbacks at a time when it was a different group of Titans. It was Hawk, Dove, Robin, and Donna Troy. But there was no Donna Troy, you know, in video, just mentioned with photos. So uh, it's the alleged version of Hawk and Dove is that um, Dick Grayson cheated on, uh, on, uh, on Dove with, with Donna Troy. Ooh. And then it took too carefully to that. So then Hawk gets pissed because, you know, I, that's my girlfriend that you cheated on, and I'm going to beat you up, bro. I want to get out of the vigilante game and have a nice life in Washington, D.C. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we are introduced to the main villains of the season, which is the nuclear family. You get it? You you get it? The nuclear family? The nuclear family? Uh, Because I remember, it's the stories of friends or family, and we make it, so here's a nuclear family of mom, dad, two kids. And mom, dad, two kids are, you know, evil and demented, and they have injections, and they kill people, murder people, and they're murderers. Uh, so the nuclear family is activated and they try to grab Raven. So they decide to torture, uh, the detective Amy Rohrbach because why even continue going into Detroit and she becomes a refrigerator. She's basically tortured to the point of death. Uh, Hawk and Dove take down the arms dealer with Robin's brutal assistance. So what happens is in this fight sequence, Robin gets some uh, some pliers and stabs a dude in the cock. Robin stabs a dude in the dick. And then he starts beating up people within an inch of their lives in a bloody, bloody mess. I'm reading now the wiki page because I think that does better than my bullet point notes that I've spent. And I got to remind you. I spent almost three months watching this show, and it's not worth it. It's not good. Okay, let's keep going. I'm just going to go through the wiki page now. I have the wiki page and a notepad. <clears throat> Robin stabs dude in dick. Okay, nuclear family defeats uh, Dick, Hank, and Don, capturing Rachel and leaving Don gravely injured. So basically, uh, Dove uh, gets kicked over and, and falls off the cliff, and Hank goes, Dove, no! And Rachel finds out about the deal that Robin had where he wanted to give a hawk and dove like $5,000 a month to take care of Raven. And Raven just wanted to be with Dick Grayson because Raven thought Dick Grayson was there to help her. And Dick Grayson did not want to basically be a father. This is going to be a plot point near the end of the season. Dick Grayson's 30 now. He does not want to be a dad. I'm almost 30, and I don't even have enough money to basically even afford 
like another mouth to feed, let alone myself. Um, okay. So, uh, because Raven finds out, this is filmed at late, and I'm pretty sure in one or two takes, uh, the voice, uh, the Raven slash Rachel, uh, did a lot of accent breaking. This is the first few episodes, and the first few episodes of the show do not really necessarily do good for, for the actors of Brenton Thwaites and uh, Tegan Croft because they're both non-American. Brenton is Australian. Tegan is from the UK. So a few times in the show, there is accent breaking. Uh, we still don't know where the fuck Dick Grayson is supposed to be from. Because sometimes he has an accent that sounds like mine. Sometimes he has a New Yorker accent. Sometimes it's a Bostonian accent. Sometimes it's something that sounds like this and you're like, what's going on? Is it Cajun? Is it Creole? Is it just Australian? I don't know. And <coughs> I don't even think he knows either. I think he just wanted to just get through it with his one American accent and just hope for the best. Um, near the end of the season... Brenton does get a lot better with it. Same thing with Rachel. Rachel has a great American accent, and then in some scenes, sometimes there's a little British Cockney going on, and you're just like, whoa, okay, you like to lie a lot. And it's, well, because if you are, you know, you, you try to be an American accent and say you like to lie a lot in a depressing tone and not break your accent, it's a little impossible, so I understand that. But... It, it, it did not do so well. So, because it ends on that cliffhanger, we go to episode three, Origins. <clears throat> Corey tracks down Rachel. So, Corey Anders saves Rachel because the nuclear family kidnapped Rachel. And we're going on a hike, and then we see the nuclear family abduct her. Rachel's dark self refuses to help her, but Corey arrives and incinerates the nuclear father, with her powers. Basically, this is the first time we see Starfire, besides at the discotheque, burn somebody alive uh, and convinces Rachel to leave with her. Rachel and Corey find a way to a covent where Melissa had supposedly hidden from Rachel's father when she was a baby, in which Corey had visited in search of Rachel a year before. Uh, so, so Dick recalls learn. So also there was a coffee house scene. Like every other episode has to have, take place in a coffee house for some reason. Uh, all right, Dick recalls learning that his parents' death was not an accident and being taken by millionaire by billionaire Bruce Wayne, who offers to teach Dick another way to deal with the pain. That's right, Robin. While you're crying, why don't you just beat up some people? That makes sense. Blah blah blah. Truth, justice, American way. Um. Rachel meets Garfield Logan briefly at the roller rink arcade thing, and Dick arrives. After Rachel's dark self manifests again, uh, Dick and Corey take back to Covenant, where sisters secretly lock her in the basement. Corey discovers that before her memory loss, she was researching various doomsday prophecies concerning the advent of an apocalyptic raven. Rachel's dark, dark self taunts her and then manifests leading to an explosion that allows Rachel to flee. Okay. So. Let me just get this through. So, in the Hawk and Dove and Origins episode, there was a big stupid jump scare where they look at the autopsy reports and a big spooky face appears, and I didn't like it. And by the time that happened, I was like, okay, I'm done. 
but I might as well keep watching because maybe, just maybe that one jump scare will just be the only jump scare and we'll just keep going. And there's stupid mirror glass and there's a lot of ridiculous open and closing of drawers that it looks like your car- cartoonish haunted house that you would see in Halloween. All right. Also, you never see Bruce Wayne. You just see the letter from Bruce Wayne. In addition, you, uh, it's Dick Grayson basically just crying and running away from the mansion, which ties to Dick uh, to Rachel running away from the the house as well, because they're both fleeing the only places of safety that they know. There you go. That's a lot of parallels. Um, which leads to, uh, of course, uh, one of my least favorite lines. I, I, I made video with episode four, actually episode three of Origins, was the episode where I actually made videos when I was live tweeting. Because I was live tweeting this whole, as this whole was going on. So, uh, Dick Grayson is a smarty pants, uh, smartass. Uh, Dick Grayson is supposed to be snarky. He's supposed to be comedic and charming, and that's the way he goes. So the writers, I think, wrote Dick Grayson with the mind of the superhero Dick Grayson. So he had a lot of snarky lines in the beginning, and slowly but surely, they disappeared real quick. So, uh, Corey steals a car to go to the... uh, Okay, there we go. I just wanted to make sure I was in the right area. All right. So, I am right. Uh, This was the episode where Corey steals Dick Grayson's old Porsche. And and Corey decides to look in her uh, warehouse, her little little, uh, warehouse that she she stores all her her tanning bed and all of these books and, and prophecy notes and hopefully pays enough so it never gets shown on an episode of Storage Wars. Yup! So Dick Grayson finds where she is because GPS and basically tracks her down and says, you stole my car. I love that car. Corey then goes, where did you find me? Dick Grayson shows his smartphone. There's an app for that. And then looks around. Is this place yours? And this was the delivery of all three lines. You stole my car. I love that car. There's an app for that. Is this place yours? And those are all three supposed to be snarky, snarky lines. Because he never gave a fuck about the Porsche. You stole my car. I love that car. That's supposed to be the line. Like, I love that car. Like, like a joking, like he never really give a shit about the car kind of way. Of course, actors interpret lines differently. Second is that there's an app for that because you have to reference the old iPhone ads of the 2009-2010. Yeah, it's been that long ago. There's an app for that. And then third is the is this place yours because it does not look at all normal and it's kind of silly. And he's looking it out and smiling. Is this place yours? Like, hey, is this your pad? Because he's trying to mack his way to Starfire. None of those lines really worked. Um, so, so spoilers: Starfire is meant to kill Raven. It's going to be spo- that's going to be brought up in the later end of the season. So, as we find out through the clues, Starfire's motive is to kill Raven because Raven is this daughter of two evil people who want to kill everybody and destroy the world. That's. 
that's that was the so so that's kind of the prophecy that was your first bullet point of what the story is headed if you were paying attention or even just read any comic book i assume that's kind of where it goes so we go to number four which is an okay episode because we went through three episodes of just horseshit Episode four is the Doom Patrol episode. This is the episode where we get to find out about the Doom Patrol. And and we finally get to learn about Gar. So you start out with... uh, Oh, let me just read these notes then. Rachel comes across Gar in his tiger form as she flees through the woods. Oh, that's right, because she escaped. Uh, Gar takes Rachel to his house where she meets Cliff Steele slash Robot Man. Larry Trainer slash Magnifan and Rita Farr, Elasta Woman. Dr. Niles Calder, the chief, arrives, furious with Gar for bringing a stranger to their home where they are living in secret, but interested in running tests on Rachel. She agrees, but then demands to be unstrapped from the table. Niles refuses and shoots Gar with a tranquilizer dart when he tries to intervene. Rachel's dark self emerges and attacks Niles. Meanwhile, Dick and Corey find the coven in ruins and track Rachel to the Calder house. Dick claims Rachel down. Oh, Dick calms Rachel down and promises he will protect her. He departs with Rachel and Corey, and Gar goes with them, encouraged by Cliff to live his own life. That was the Doom Patrol episode. It was a lot more funny uh, than what that was. Uh, here are some of my notes that I wrote with the Doom Patrol episode in mind. Uh, this episode. Uh, had base had uh, it it did explain it was mostly robot man and negative man, and a last woman basically feeling self conscious about herself, which is a going to be a big plot point in, in Doom Patrol, I assume. Uh, it is weird to see Matt Bomer in this role and seeing, of course, Bryn Fraser in this role because I think this is all beneath both of them at this point. But here we go; they're in a new live streaming superhero adaptation. Uh, Oh, I wrote down that Gar is basically a comedic foil and his whole writing felt like something straight out of Ready Player One, which I would make sense because there was a lot of pop culture reference in this episode. And of course, uh, this is the only episode looking back that really had any plot points to understand Gar uh, because it's Beast Boy and we find out that he stole a video game so he can play it. And he has a, so, and he has anything that any like late like 18, 19, 20, 21 year old gamer would love. Like it's every video game console, and it's a, one of those old retro eighties cabinets, and it's a mini bar full of soda, and it's like, whoa, this is so cool. That it's it's kind of um, uh, silly. And he's trying to swoon Raven with this idea. And then, of course, meeting Robot Man for the first time, you get spooked. Because here is something that looks straight out of a Mega Man, like, boss. Because it's Metal Man. Um, And and it, it, it points where it goes to, I don't want her. Oh, I want her. People love food. She's hungry. Yeah, she's hungry. That's That's kind of most of the comedy. To which then it's negative. Then there's a big dinner table scene where it's Robot Man sitting at the table while there's all this food that Negative Man prepared. And Rachel eats fried chicken and talks about how fried chicken is crispy and yummy. And Negative Man's like, oh, I missed a taste of fried chicken. Oh. And we're supposed to be like, like, 
going i don't know how we were supposed to feel about that scene were we supposed to feel bad for robot man are we supposed to cheer on raven because originally they didn't want her and this is her getting like her comeuppance or just i don't know like the scene did not make any sense other than here's rachel enjoying fried chicken and then here's there's the last woman just melting down and crying and that's not good okay this is fun and then it ends with when it gets to the uh the 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 chief doing her the test on rachel nothing but big goop like this was i think right when venom came out and there was goop big black goop everywhere and dick grayson promising i will protect you and i just want to say right now uh this show fucking sucks and he fucking lies i'm here to protect you uh, never mind because few episodes i'm gonna ditch you all to do my own thing so fuck off rachel i gotta go hang with jason todd and donna troy bye bye Woo! all right so uh gar is now a part of the titans and is just there because the titans episode five together Dick makes the alliance with Corey, Gar, and Rachel official, and they all demonstrate their powers. <sighs> Once again, this is all bullshit, because even though they're supposed to be unified, I'll remind you, he fucking leaves in a few episodes. <clears throat> and also, why did he need to demonstrate the powers? Just because it looks cool in fucking credits. Just telling you right now, this, uh, together, when I first saw this episode, was the one of the worst episodes, because it was one of those paint-by-numbers uh, reminded me of of like mystery men where we all because we're all team now we gotta see what each other does so let's just see uh starfire burn stuff because it'll look cool in the credits let's just see uh gar turn into an animal and then didn't be naked because that would be funny because he's naked what how embarrassing huh and then you'll see rachel turn evil and then dick grayson basically saying i'm rich because he's robin he's like batman's kid so it's i'm rich and i can throw shit Okay. Um, Rachel and Gar make a connection. Dick and Corey have sex. <laughs> what? Oh, they did. They sure had the sex. And let me tell you, they were fucking. It's a TVMA show. This ain't your mama's Teen Titans. They, they have sex. Uh, Dr. Adamson sends a new nuclear stepdad to the family. The nuclear family attacks. But together, the group is able to subdue them. And I think this was the one where they were inside the motel. And because they were in the motel, uh, Dick Grayson changes his car from the Porsche to a minivan. Beep, beep. And this is going to be the start of what becomes, once again, the family dynamic. Where it's Mama Dick. No, it's Daddy Dick, Mommy Starfire. And then the two kids, Ra Rachel and 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 gar you get it husband wife two kids you get it? husband wife two kids it's family and they're against the nuclear family which is a dad and a mom and two kids you guys get it yet it's a t two kids it's 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 a grown-up male grown-up female a, a teenage 
level boy and a teenage level girl. You, you guys, you guys get it yet? You guys get it yet? You guys get it? It's very, it's very clever show if you think about it. It really is. Can't understand why people don't like this show that basically beats this shit in upside your head that makes you wonder, oh, what a brilliant show. Now I get it. Family. Oh, okay. Thank you. Anyway, the hotel uh, employee there is my favorite character in Titans because she just wants to fuck Dick Grayson and just can't. Because uh, we find out about Starfire. She even brought wine because the only thing around is apparently a mini mart. And I thought that was clever. All right. Dick also reveals himself as Robin to the group. Dick visits Adamson, who kills the family via a remote detonator. When a strike team comes to kill Dick, the new Robin appears to save him. Uh, Adamson was basically... Uh, what happens is Dick reveals he's Ro Robin. Gar goes, oh, can I meet Batman? And in the charming way, he goes, no. And it was funny. And I thought that was a good line. Delivery. Because we know he doesn't have a good relationship with Batman. Gar does not. And it's also funny because, you know, you're not getting what you want. Denied. It's always a good, quick joke. Um, Adamson is the evil villain. We go apparently to Chicago where Dr. Adamson is. He's Mr. Spooky. He's making some fried eggs. The remote detonator... Uh, blows up all of the nuclear family, the, the husband, uh, the wife, and the two kids, much like the Suicide Squad. Remember Suicide Squad? They had blow up. That, that's what happens. Corey then says one of my favorite lines, Shit! Dick's gonna think this is all my fault. That was a funny, funny line. Uh, so, because he goes to the spooky, uh, he goes to the apartment in Chicago, uh, tear gas happens, and a strike team shows up. He's about to get his ass kicked, the same way, uh, Dr. Adamson is, and then, uh, who's there but Robin? What? That's right, Jason Todd, finally here. And he says, what's up? I'm the new Robin, bro. And everyone's like, oh my god, Jason Todd. At least I was, because holy fuck, it's Jason Todd. There's not been a live-action Jason Todd adaptation, ever. Except for Another the Red Hood, if you want to just count that as something. Because a lot of it is just animated stuff. Um, when it comes to the Robins, there is Dick Grayson, then it goes Jason Todd, then it goes Tim Drake, then it goes Stephanie Brown, then it goes Damian Wayne. Uh, depends on if you want to count Carrie Kelly in all of this, because that is an Elseworlds story involving The Dark Knight Returns. Um, so you, you, you've got now a Jason Todd and that leads us into episode six, the best episode of Titans, Jason Todd. It's the only episode I actually enjoyed. And that's because Jason Todd, and I will keep saying it, Jason Todd, he is the best character on Titans. I was actually surprised. I don't know if it's because the guy did a lot of research on that because I did snoop around his, uh, social media and the fact that he did read a lot of comics right here in my own home home county of ventura and it, it's it's fascinating stuff because i think he of all the characters in titans except for maybe beast boy he's the only one that i can actually go yeah that's jason todd everyone else kind of feels like a melodramatic uh version of the character in the comics or 
one that it's a new, different interpretation of the character. Like, I don't see Dick Grayson, the, the comic book character, at all in Titans. I don't see that with Starfire. I don't even see that with Raven. I see it with Beast Boy, and I see it with, with Jason Todd. Because Jason Todd is basically a pushy, shovey asshole. And he's a little kid asshole. And he is and he's like 18, 19, and he underage drinks, and he doesn't give a fuck. Shut up, dad. And it's it's so fucking cool. Um anyway, let's read the read the Dick Grayson, uh Jason Todd, the new Robin. Take Adamson, one of Bruce's safe houses in Chicago. So in this episode, we basically learn uh, from Jason Todd to Dick Grayson that Dick Grayson basically is not welcome within the Bruce Wayne family anymore because the ice gainer does not work, but it works for Jason Todd. Jason Todd gets to ride the Batmobile. Dick Grayson never got to, and it basically is various things that show the differences between Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. Um, So... Uh, while they're in the Chicago dragging a body and celebrating because they have a doctor locked up in a bathroom. If you're in a safe house and you're Batman, why don't you just have like, I don't know, a, a, a jail cell? That would make sense, right? Like, a, or, or maybe just find a better way to deal with the character. But nope, we're going to put him in the bathroom of a house because it works. So... Um, as we find out about uh, that Jason Todd gets to do a lot of stuff that Dick Grayson never got to do, and he's younger and faster and better looking and smarter, um, we, we see that uh, Corey, Rachel, and Gar join up. That's right. Remember, Dick Grayson, I will protect you. We're a unit. Fuck you guys. I'm going to take on Dr. Adamson on my own. Because the show doesn't know how to write. It's not a good show. <laughs> it's not. But the Jason Todd episode is really good. Um, learning that Bruce implanted a tracking device in his arm at some point in his past, Dick removes it with his scalpel. So this becomes a fun scene where Dick Grayson's calling Corey and goes, Oh yeah, everything's fine. Uh, oh Jesus, I'm bleeding. Oh, oh Jesus. And then he pulls out... What amounts to a hearing aid battery? You know, one of those little cylinders that sometimes go in smoke detectors these days. One of those is basically what gets, like, taken out and put into a sink and covered in, of course, you know, prop blood. Um, Jason tells Dick that someone is murdering everyone who has worked with his parents at the circus. This is so it becomes a basically a villain of the week episode. Um, Dick checks out Clayton Williams, the only performer still alive in the likely next top target. Clayton is abducted by Nick Zukos. Well, we'll just hey, hey, hang on before we get going with this this notepad stuff. Um, Jason Todd underage drinks when. Uh, Garget yells about which one's the real Robin. He is. I'm not. And we see Corey tell them to have a seat. What happens is you see Beast Boy and you see Raven sit in the chair and be quiet. Once again, making sure that you are hit upside the head that it is Mommy Starfire, Daddy Dick Grayson. Because that's what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But this is the real push-pull, all-that's-funny-cute kind of thing. 
All right, so the only one left at the circus, because after flashbacks of the circus, and you see the acrobats, and you see... Uh, you don't even see Zitka the elephant. Where's Zitka in all this? Um, you, you see a fire eater. You see a weird contortionist. And then you see Clayton, the world's strongest man. Clayton is now a bodyguard at a, a nightclub because we have to have a nightclub scene. Um, basically, Jason Todd wants to go investigate, but of course, he has a fake ID. It doesn't work. So he sneaks in through the back and then says, what's up, ladies, and picks a fight with some dude. He says the slime. He, he picks up a drink. And he drinks it from in front of the lady. The lady then goes, that's my drink. He then responds, oh, I thought it was mine. Here, let me buy you one then. Because that's, you know, you're trying to be suave. Uh, so Dick Grayson meets Clayton. Clayton's like, Dick Grayson, oh, Jesus, I didn't know it was you. How are you doing here? Oh, wow, can't believe it. Wow, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Milwaukee now. We're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're, you know, the nightlife is just crazy over there where you could hang out with the world's strongest man from the Haley Circus of Gotham. Uh, Clayton is then abducted by Nick Zuko, who is the son of Tony Zuko, the mobster who killed the Flying Graysons. Before we get going, you don't really find out about Tony Zuko sabotaging the ropes when we are seeing the original flashback of the pilot that Tony Zuko sabotaged the ropes that killed John and Marf uh, John and Mary Grayson and made them plummet to their death. <coughs> so it's now implied uh, through this that, okay, we're going through the original storyline of Tony Zuko sabotaged the machines. Dick Grayson finds out, and he wants to put him to justice. So... Uh, we'll just keep going, um, and we'll see that T Nick Zuko is the last surviving son of Tony Zuko. The mobs are killed the Graysons. Nick wants revenge against Dick Grayson, who blames for who he blames for the Moronis murder of his entire family. So we are then flashed back to a good scene. Now this is a fun, fun scene that I thought was really enjoyable, and one that I don't think really is brought up in much of any Batman anthology. So. We see Dick Grayson at the Gotham Police Department, and we see Tony Zuko in one of those holding centers where there's interviews for police questioning. We are then told he's about to be free to go as he's talking to his son. Uh, the, the police chief, who is not at this time Commissioner Gordon, says we have to, we have to let him go because basically he's going to be the snitch who's going to get of course, the big mobsters, which is, of course, the Baronies, and and the, then he he gets away scot-free. You know, kind of like, I don't know, a certain presidential administration right now, and some of his people, Flynn, and, and dumb lawyer guy, and, and probably Rince Priebus, maybe him too. Um... So Dick Grayson gets pissed because this is the guy who murdered my family and he's going to get away scot-free because you can get the Maronis. That's not fair. My parents are dead. This is not fair. Sorry, kid. He's giving us the big hit. This is, a lot of people die all the time. It's Gotham, kid. You gotta just wor not worry about it so much. Oh, ha, ha. Dick Grayson, of course, gets pissed and 
later on as he basically gets sent to a, a separate prison uh he basically abducts the the holding container basically he's he's watching the zuko's uh move from one place to another and then he there's a smoke bomb the smoke bomb of course stops the van the van uh gets caught, and then Robin takes Tony Zuko. Dick Grayson finally has Tony Zuko all to himself. Tony Zuko is then like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, you fucking killed my family! You killed my family! I don't know what you're doing! He goes, oh, you're Dick Grayson. I knew it was you. Hey, this is fun. Hey, sorry about that. Well, can't believe it. Just don't kill me, okay? Jeez, don't kill me. I'm not gonna kill you. And he's just gonna... And then he just pushes him into basically what amounts to the Maronis shooting him up and not saving his ass. I'm not going to save you. I'm just going to let the mobsters kill you because you ratted them out. Bye. And then he leaves. Uh, So just so we're clear here, Dick Grayson kind of uh, an accomplice to murder uh, of Tony Zuko, where his way to get back at Tony Zuko is I'm going to Basically, make sure the mobsters kill him and not protect him. Because he didn't, he went after my family. I don't have to save him. Because it's kind of like, you know, like the Batman, like in Dark, when it was Batman Begins, you know, the whole, I don't have to save you kind of thing. It's kind of like that, but you know, with mobsters and, and Uzis. Um, a fascinating episode. Anyway, because Clay's the last target and Nick Zuko's the last remaining Zuko son. Well, he get to see him turn into basically what amounts to Clayface because he got the acid poured on him. You know, the acid that made Two-Face who he is. And now he's a melty man, but he's not Clayface. But he's kind of like Clayface. Um, Nick Woods from Revenge Against Deku blends from Rose Mirror, an entire family. And of course, Dick Grayson could not just throw a batarang, even though he's dressed as Robin, to cut the rope immediately. Jason Todd helps Dick neutralize Nick. He says, he gave you an opportunity, you dumbass. Uh, But Dick is disturbed by his needless brutality. Uh, In addition to this great scene where basically Jason Todd and Dick Grayson team up to beat the shit out of a dude, we get to find out more of the opposites that come with Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, which makes this the best episode. Because Jason Todd and Dick Grayson's are pretty much polar opposites. Dick Grayson, as we've established in episode one, is a cop. He works in the Detroit Police Department, although if he's been out for a few days and does not have a reason why, I'm pretty sure he's pretty much off the force at this point because everyone's like, where the fuck is Dick? Also, his partner's dead. He's not even at the funeral. What the fuck? Um... But because Dick Grayson's a cop, because he feels it's all good, peace, law, love, Jason Todd's the opposite. Jason Todd is all cops are bastards. He is basically um, um, probably a member of the Gotham City DSA. <laughs> like, he does not trust cops at all. He talks about his backstory where basically the cops did not come to help him out when there was domestic violence in his residence. And... He arrested both the parents because of your drug possessions or other crimes. That at no point he really had a family to speak of because of all the times the police came to basically ruin it for him. 
So most of the time he was just left on the streets, and the cops even pushed him then too. That's what sends him over the edge, and that's why he doesn't trust cops, because the cops basically gave him no sense of family. Dick Grayson, on the other hand, is Mr. Every Cop is Good. Uh, nothing can go wrong. So it's a big uh, flip opposites, which I find fascinating. And I wish we could have more of this Jason Todd character because I am just fascinated by it. Anyway, after Nick basically gets his, a uh, Nick gets his ass kicked by both Jason Todd and Dick Grayson, the police are here to finally go, hey, what's going on here? And uh, Jason Todd beats the shit out of cops. He goes, lights out, bitch, and just starts beating the shit out of people. And fuck yeah, he suplexes them. He he basically drop kicks them. It's fucking great. Not because cops get their ass kicked, but it was just a great fucking scene because it's just, he does all this shit. Dick Grayson just looks inside going, oh no, it's great. And then, of course, he leaves. Jason Todd says bye-bye, and we never hear back from him ever again. Until, of course, later on in the in the season. Um, so, Adamson tells Corey Anders that he'll only talk to Rachel Roth. Um, well, in, in the house, Dick Grayson is disturbed by Neela's brutality. His final thoughts is, while broke in a broken accent, You want my advice, kid? Don't be fucking Robin. You're just a soldier in a useless war. Blah, 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 blah. It was, it was cheesy, but, um... Dick Grayson sees that Jason Todd is violent and beats the shit out of people to an inch of death and doesn't see the irony of just, you know, a few weeks ago, stabbing a dude in the dick. He stabs a dude in the dick. Anyway, we move on to episode seven, the worst episode of Titans. This was called Asylum. It's a spooky episode where it's just torture porn for 45 minutes. You want uh, Dick Grayson injected with shit and then hallucinates awful stuff happening to him and his family? Done. You want uh, Coriander getting scarred up by like people as to do autopsy photos? Done. Do you want uh, Beast Boy getting shocked with cattle prods? Done. All in front of Rachel who cries because all your friends are getting tortured and it's all your fault. Ha ha ha. That's the show. That was episode seven. It's the worst fucking episode. It's the worst, 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 worst episode. Adamson promises to end their suffering if Rachel calls it her father. That's right. We, Because you've got to get the dad. See, Adamson was behind the nuclear family, and he wants the dad. See, that's what we're going at here. We, It's about the dad. So we're introduced that now that the nuclear family is dead, that it's... It's Rachel's father that's the new villain. Isn't that great? As we're in the midpoint of the season. So, Rachel calls the dad, but Rachel kills Adamson instead. So the, the, the evil, creepy doctor who we've had for a few episodes who was making eggs is now dead. So, just to clear, everyone is pretty much a murderer on this show. And then no one cares about the murders either. That's the shocking thing. Uh, Rachel finds Angela showing her birthmark to prove she actually is Angela's daughter. That's right. You now found your mom. Your mom is here all along. Taking Angela with her, Rachel frees the others, although Gar is traumatized by having killed an asylum doctor. Gar turned into a lion and mauled the fuck out of a dude because he's still the fucking, well, not only a lion, a tiger. He's still a tiger. He's still that green tiger from the first episode. 
They escape. Corey burns the asylum down, and Dick Grayson sees the Robin suit. He does not save it. It is burned. Therefore, there is no more Robin identity for Dick Grayson. Does that mean that because this is episode 7, we are going to have four episodes where he's going to find out where he is and maybe become Nightwing? Spoiler, no. He does not become Nightwing. I don't even think he's going to be Nightwing in season 2 at this point. It's really bad. Episode 8. After remember, I'm going to protect you, Rachel. Here you are with your mom. I'm going to protect you. We are never leaving. I'm going to ditch you because Donna Troy's here. That's right. We got to do a Donna Troy episode. So Rachel, Corey, and Gar accompany Angela by train to the house that she owns in Ohio. This is the uh, this is the Ohio house where we, we, we started in the show. Dick goes off on his own to reconnect with an old friend, Donna Troy. Remember, I'm here to protect you, but no Donna Troy's here. The FBI stops the train in search of Corey Anders, but she and the others escape after she causes a train car to explode. While Rachel uses her powers to unlock Corey's memories, Donna translates the text that Dick photographed. Oh, yeah, get straight to the. That translates the text that Dick photographed in Corey's storage unit. Remember from episode three, the uh, there's an F for that. Is this place yours? There's all these photos. Donna's interpretation of the lost ancient language is that Corey's mission is to kill Rachel. Well, it's not that. It was her mission is to take care of Rachel. And everyone's assuming take care of means, oh, like protect, like help to take care of, as in d kill, destroy. Oh, shit. Corey has a flash of memory and then chokes Rachel by the throat in front of the mom. In addition to this, we find out Donna Troy is a famous photographer now. And there's flippity flops. And now, and talks about the suit. And I burned the suit. And Donna says, oh, I just leave it in my closet. And that's a joke. Donna Troy in this is actually not that bad. But we don't really get to find out much about Donna Troy's backstory. Because they don't really give a fuck about the female characters that much, as it turns out. Not even Rachel, for that matter. It's really just your, your parents are spooky dudes. Um, but Donna Troy is, you know, the pretty much Wonder Woman's daughter, heir, whatever you want to call it. And you never really get that feeling that this is the next generation Wonder Woman. And, and, is, and Donna Troy is supposed to be Dick Grayson's best friend in the Titans. And... It somewhat is true in this, but in other times, it's just kind of like, oh, she's there. So we have that cliffhanger of Donna Troy and Dick Grayson in a car finding out, oh, no, Starfire is going to kill Raven. And then we see Raven basically being choked to death by Starfire. Here's her cliffhanger. See you next week. So what would be such a great episode to have next week to tie it in? That's right. We should have the, another episode of Hank and Don and their wacky couple. Because <laughs> they can't fucking know how to program their own show. You know, why not have Hank and Don after the Asylum episode, for instance, would have made a lot more sense. Or maybe the Jason Todd episode. No, we're going to go straight to Hank and Don right in between this great cliffhanger. Don is still in a coma. Because remember, she got pushed off a cliff in episode two. Hank remembers his childhood when he was allowed himself to be sexually abused by his football coach to save his little brother Don from molestation. They they went there. They they went there. Um, in college, Hank and Don became vigilantes, hawk and dove, to punish sex offenders. Basically, let's look at the sex crime uh, book, 
and and then kind of be like YouTube stars or scream out stolen valor. But for sex offenders, like, sir, sir, you are a sex offender, and then I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and put it on YouTube. And that's that's kind of silly. <clears throat> An unconscious Dawn remembers her life as a ballerina. And the last time he saw she saw her mother, Dawn's mother and Dawn are killed in the same car accident. And Dawn and Hank get to know each other in grief counseling. Dawn discovers Hank's past as Hawk. It's one letter away. You couldn't figure that out yourself. He tells Dawn about his abuse, but admits that he never sought retribution against the coach because he could not face what happened to him. Dawn finds the abuser and demands that he confess. When they have beaten each other brutally, Hank arrives and finishes off the coach. Hawk, Hank and Don sleep together. In the present, Don awakens and tells Hank they need to find Jason Todd and help Rachel. We don't know why. We don't know why Don knows Jason Todd. I don't even think that is right that says Jason Todd. Shouldn't it be Dick Grayson to help Rachel? I don't know. But I do know there was a lot of ballerina and... The Hank and Don episode was actually not that bad because it was, once again, a standalone backstory episode. And it's one that I felt maybe that should have been episode three. Like, this is just a random fill-in-the-blank episode that really does not drive any plot home except for here's the coma for Hank and Don. And if it's Hawk and Dove, and the whole thing is they're a couple now and they want to get out of the game, but they don't know if they want to or not, and they're a couple, and they're pretty much a married couple at this point, why have it so late in the game? Other than, you could have had it midway through, you could have had this any other point, and it's such a good episode the way uh, they handled the trauma, though. In the early part of the episode, not so much. It's it's kind of paint by numbers. But when it gets to the aftermath of the accident and the grief counseling and when they need each other, that is actually some well-written drama, actually. And this is some well-acted drama as well. That it almost felt like you weren't even watching a superhero show at all. You were watching a drama. And that made for... A fascinating episode, at least in my mind. Uh, so we see the continuation of Hawk and Dove. Um, and I think that was one of the better episodes. Hank and Dawn uh, was probably the second best episode of Titans. I would say that's right below Jason Todd and one that I'd say is one of those might want to watch. I thought that was not that bad. It kind of goes Jason Todd, then Hank and Dawn, and then the pilot episode. Those are my three recommendations uh, if you want to watch a Titans, just to understand the damn show. I think uh, that that did a good job of understanding Hank and Don and Hawk and Dove. And we kind of understand their relationship a little better now and why Hawk is a little pissed off and overprotective of Don. Um, but at the same time, when we get through this, uh, they still feel like out of place when it comes to Titans. Now, before we keep going here, this is the final two episodes. I would say this is the season finale, a two-part episode of Coriander and Dick Grayson. Uh, there is no cyborg in this. Cyborg's going to be in Doom Patrol. Uh, there was a trailer that came out today featuring a family photo, which featured Elastic Woman, Robot Man, Negative Man, and Cyborg and the chief and it was very cute and funny and it was funny and the guy giggle and laugh and 
there, there, there's a lot of people getting opinionated about Cyborg. Why is Cyborg on Doom Patrol when he should be in Titans? To why is it so cheap? Well, it's cheap because it's DC streaming service. They don't really have a budget on the show. Um, I, I, the mask does look a little cheap. I'm okay with Cyborg in his age and his look because Cyborg is supposed to look like a teenager who's was supposed to get into college as a professional football athlete and then ruin his chances and becomes a robot. That makes sense. Uh, the, the way it's it's with Robot Man there too because it's similar thing. Sports athlete horrible injury becomes robot i don't know uh the way they present it in the movie is star labs maybe they just don't have the rights to star labs so this is their workaround for that uh don't know how they're gonna handle the father figure because that's become a major plot element in the cyborg comic strips is the dad never really cares for the son he cares about research and science and he sees cyborg itself as the creation, his biggest creation, not the sun inside it. Uh, and that becomes a major dramatic element. I I would love to see that in Titans, but not this Titans. I'm glad Cyborg's in Toon Patrol. It could actually be better. Um, the, it, it's, Cy, Cyborg is, is definitely part of the Titans, but they don't really care that much for, for what happens. To that guy um and and plus i think they've overridden like it, it you have you have dick grayson you have starfire you have beast boy you have raven and you have cyborg but beast boy was barely in this season so how would they introduce cyborg even in this is the fifth member i think it really should have been beast boy and cyborg should have been introduced in season two uh if they were just going to go with these three because they seem to be the only major players in this. Uh, it, it also f- feels like they did not really want to do much in terms of Beast Boy and Cyborg because they did not know the tone of the show. Because uh, one is more action-adventure superhero because that's anything with Dick Grayson. Uh, when in things involving Starfire, it's become it's almost like an international espionage, like a spy thriller. Which is, But then when it becomes Raven... It becomes paint by numbers horror movie like the Amityville horror or or uh, the or what was that one movie that came out recently the the it's the one with the with the with the ventriloquist dummy the the, the doll the, the whatever the, that one it's kind of like that movie I'm drawing a blank I'm not going to research this <laughs> um, I already have a lot of research to get through so coriander Donna stops Corey from killing Rachel. By using CGI rope, uh, it's really cheap looking. Dick and Donna follow a remorseful but confused Corey to an abandoned warehouse. There's a lot of um, puddles because cinematography lets you know that there's a reflection. We're reflecting now on what transpired, both in Dick Grayson's relationship with Corey and Corey's relationship with with Raven and, and everything in between. And... It's a reflection of herself, too. It's a self-reflection. See, I know cinematography. I went to film school. Um, a follower remorseful but confused for of Mana Warehouse, where a spaceship uncloaks itself for Corey. There is lasers that go pew, pew, and, and then that scan shows the spaceship. 
She is called Coriander's is actually named Coriander. Coriander's is Coriander from the planet Tamron on a mission to destroy Rachel before she brings about the destruction of Earth and Tamron. Rachel's father is Trigon, a being from another dimension who devours worlds. Munch! Rachel is both Trigon's doorway back to our dimension and a means to destroy him. Dick, Donna, and Cory realized Angela is assisting Trigon. Angela is the mom. Gar begins seeing operations in Angela's house and collapses. With Gar dying, Angela convinces Rachel to crawl Trigon to help her. You want him alive because you love him? You better call your father. Sound familiar? Because if you remember, uh, the torture porn from the Asylum episode, the other shitty episode, if you love him so much, uh, you gotta call dad. Uh, She does, and Trigon and Angela are reunited. That's right, mom and dad finally here. Trigon heals Gar back to life and tells Angela that they can begin destroying the world once Rachel's heart breaks. Dick, Donna, and Corey arrive, but only Dick passes through this mystical bear that now surrounds Angela's house. So, Dick, Donna, and Corey arrive, but the house is basically invisible. Dick Grayson just runs like nothing into the house. And... It's basically near the end climax. So we are left with Dick Grayson in a house with Rachel and Gar. Gar is unconscious but back alive. Dick Grayson is with Rachel. And we see evil mom and evil dad. So we're going into the final episode of the season. This is the episode I saw today. So this is the season finale. Obviously, this would be a great wrap up where we finally like Dick Grayson finds Rachel, goes in the spooky house, beats up the people and calls it a day. Right. That's going to be it. No, no, no. We have five years in the future. Dick is living happily with Don and her and their son, John, with another baby on the way. Rachel and Gar are at college now and and Jason Todd's in a wheelchair and he asks Dick to stop Bruce who is intent on killing the Joker. Dick goes to Gotham and is reunited with Corey who has joined the FBI. Batman kills the Joker in cold blood as well as every patient and worker in Arkham Asylum. Just to hear some of the ones that I saw the ventriloquist dummy Two-Face and it's also hinted at the condiment king is gone too. By at least according to the fact that there is a ketchup bottle somewhere. <laughs> Dick is compelled to give Batman's secret identity to the police so they can apprehend him. A SWAT team raids Wayne Manor, but Batman slaughters them. That's right. Batman kills the SWAT team and police. Then he finds Corey there and kills Corey with Mr. Freeze's freeze cold gun. Dick demon- demolishes the mansion with explosions, and it blows up. And when he finds Batman alive but trapped in the rubble, Dick finishes him off. In his final line, <clears throat> here, let me pull it up because I'm gonna, I, I, I recorded this, uh, and I put it on Twitter because it's just, it's just a great scene. I think it's, it's, it's still there. Here we go. 
Uh, oh no. There he is. I'm laughing horribly at this. There you go. Jesus Christ, Bruce, you killed her. This is what you always wanted. You wanted me to cave into the darkness. You want me to become you. Well, fuck you, Bruce. And then he stomps on his head. He stomps on the head in this five years from now future. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so Nick Grayson says, fuck you, Bruce. You know, fuck, fuck Batman from the beginning. And everyone's like, oh, God, this show. Nope, final part is fuck you, Bruce. And he just stomps on his head curb, stomps him to death. And then Dick Grayson's face turns into spooky face, like when, when Rachel turns into Raven and has spooky face. We go back to the present day, away from this fantasy sequence, and Raven is horrified to see Dick Grayson enslaved by Trigon's power and have spooky face. The killing of Batman having been a fantasy created by Trigon to draw the Dick Grayson finally into the darkness. It basically is that everything good that happens to him, you know, having a kid, even though he says he doesn't want to be a father in the first episodes, he doesn't want to be a dad. He's a father now with, with, with Dove, even though, if we remember correctly, Dove is with Hawk. And then we find later midway through the point that Hawk is with Dove remodeling the house with paint. And Hawk says in a funny word, you're running out of beer, my friend. You need to restock. And that that's the that's the show. So it ends with once he curb stomps Batman to death and has spooky face, it cuts to present day. Rachel sees spooky face Dick Grayson and says, I'm family now. I miss everything you want. We have the darkness. She cries a tear and then in credits. There's no payoff. There is no Nightwing. There is nothing good that comes out of the ending to this. There is not even a good cliffhanger when it comes to Dick Grayson becomes spooky and Trigon basically won. That's it, you guys. Trigon won. Your 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 first season payoff. Rachel finds her mom and dad and they're evil and they got Dick Grayson. It's a bad show. No payoff. There's nothing pleasing to the fans. This is some WWE levels shit where the heels keep winning and it's heat, heat, heat. Why do you keep fucking watching this show if nothing good happens? There is no payoff. The good guys do not win. The nuclear family did not get stopped by the Titans. The evil doctor blew them up. They didn't stop Trigon. They didn't stop Angela. And, and at any point where there's a bad guy, they don't really do much. The only time you saw a villain in the show lose is in the Jason Todd episode. Jason Todd is the only episode where a bad guy gets his comeuppance and, 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 and loses. Other than that, none of this 
is fascinating or exciting stuff that makes you go, wow, I got to keep watching. No, you just keep watching because I guess I love Raven so much. I want to keep seeing Raven. There is nothing good to come from this show. There is nothing exciting that makes me go, oh boy, can't wait to see next season Titans because all it's going to be is cry. Oh no, everyone in love is broken now that I broke your heart and I'm going to take over the world. Oh boy, that's going to be real exciting stuff. Anyway, in the post-credit sequence, because we have to be Marvel, we are sent to Metropolis where Superboy is revealed and Crypto. That's it. Crypt, uh, Superboy breaks from his, his big cylinder tube and he steals Crypto who has laser beams. You can tell it's Superboy because he has the Superboy, the S logo barcode tattoo on his bicep. And it's a very nice good bicep, let me tell you that. Mwah, whoever's the, the guy who's going to be Superboy in that, it better stay like that guy because mama mia, that's a heartthrob. Anyway, that's it. It, it, we have Superboy, so I guess what they're going to do is they're going to introduce Superboy for season two of Titans, when they couldn't even really write much for Beast Boy, and they can't really write much for anyone else. At this point, I don't know why I I would, would watch season two. Something tells me, in the back of my head, I'm going to end up watching season two of Titans, and I'm just not going to love it just the same way I didn't like this season. I like the Jason Todd episode. Don't get me wrong. The Jason Todd episode is probably the best episode of DC television ever. And when I saw that, I went, this is the best show. This is the best of the DC lineup. It's the best flavor. It's kind of like the same thing as the pilot. It's like the DC shows are all bad, but this is the best of the worst. The Jason Todd episode is pretty damn good, but everything else is just awful not fun to watch torment almost it feels like i was in the asylum being tortured while rachel is watching on because it was not that good of a show to watch why did i keep watching because i had optimism that the show would get better that the show would be good that maybe just maybe there'll be a good payoff at the end that maybe we will see something good with Starfire. Maybe something good with Raven. Maybe Beast Boy turns into something else. Maybe Dick Grayson gets a wetsuit with like blue paint on it and says I'm Nightwing. No, you got none of that. You just got Rachel looking at a spooky face Dick Grayson straight out of Hot Topic circa 2009. And it has a big old tear down her cheek. In credits. That's it. Am I supposed to get excited for Superboy right now because that was in the end credits? No. No. Because now I'm thinking, how are you going to fuck up Superboy? How are you going to write Superboy that makes me just not care for him the same way I don't care for Donna Troy? They don't. They talked about Barbara Gordon and never brought up Barbara Gordon. They had Jason Todd in this weird five years later future in a wheelchair and never really explained why. All I can think of is season two, they're probably going to show Jason Todd blow up and die. And it's going to be in the most pathetic way because they can't write this stuff any better. And it's done on the cheap because that's because they have a limited budget and a limited amount of time that all I could hope for is because season two is so far away that whoever is in charge of writing this show, whoever is in charge 
of producing the show can at least just not speed the show up that they could actually give the time to do the show well but i know they won't season two usually is on the television show anything that you liked in season one more of and anything you didn't like less of but knowing titans it's going to be topsy-turvy everything you did not like more of everything you did like less of and we're not and it's going to be just the weirdest comedy relief jokes at inopportune times because that's the only way i can see the show going and i don't know if I'm just becoming ju- just like pessimistic now, or I feel like I just wasted my money on this, but it was not worth it. And and if this is Titans, I am fearful for Doom Patrol in February. Even though I saw the Doom Patrol episode and I enjoyed it, I'm a little fearful it's going to be similar to this. I pray that Doom Patrol does well. I am now worried for Swamp Thing. Because Swamp Thing's another great character. And then I'm worrying about the animated Harley Quinn show and all of these original shows going down the line. Is it going to be similar to Titans? Because if it is, they're all going to be garbage. Because this show is garbage. This is the best DC television show, although maybe I should just say No, It's Legends of Tomorrow because Bebo is in there. Bebo is the best character in DC television. There is an episode just a few weeks ago where where Constantine smooches a dude and everyone's a puppet. It's great. There's the puppets in Legends of Tomorrow and I go, this is stupid. I love it. And I love it because it's a campy stupid that is enjoyable. This is just bad. This is just everything that I think people hate in modern DC comics. Dark for the sake of dark. Adult for the sake of adult. Dramatic for the sake of dramatic. Pushing people away. If you're a fan of a character and you want to see that character succeed or do well, well, fuck you. We're going to have them do this so you hate them. Nothing good is coming from this, and yet there is this fandom that comes with it. Like, Brenton Thwaites is shirtless in a few scenes, so we got to make sure we jiff every Brenton Thwaites shirtless scene. Or the sex scene with Starfire and Corey, because my ship is Starfire and Robin, so finally I get that in live-action form. I understand that. Don't get me wrong. But it, it doesn't click. None of the reasons why things are happening click at all. It kind of just there for the sake of being there it's plot points just on a giant cork board and then some screenwriter had to basically write something in that says oh, okay i'll try that and and then they probably got one draft in and they said well we can't do a second draft so let's just go on with the first attempt and get going and and these actors are the only things keeping the show from not being garbage even worse because these are very talented actors, and they figured out their characters, and they figured out their desires, and they figured out what, what needs to be done on a show that probably won't get season two until maybe next year. So it's going to be very forgetful. And then when season two hits, oh, that's right, Titans. Season two. Okay. I'll get on that. It's all a marketing plan by DC because they want to play catch-up with Marvel. They don't know how to play catch-up with Marvel, and they thought a live-action Titans would do the job. It did not do the job. Titans did not make me appreciate the Titans anymore. It almost made me devalue the Titans. It made me go, who gives a shit about Starfire and Corey? And who gives a shit about Rachel and Raven? Who gives a fuck about Breeze Boy at this point? 
And and we're not ever going to see character. I don't see anything fun in the show. When I read Nightwing, and I talked about this in the pilot, when I see Nightwing, I see myself in that character. That's why I, I read it, and that's why I like it and retweet so much and collect so much stuff. It's I see myself in that character. I do not see any aspect in this Dick Grayson and Titans at all. And I don't see anything from any other version of Titans in this at all. I see it as adult for the sake of adult. Being able to say fuck and shit and getting away with it. Having them murder people, blood, gore. Having spooky jump scares because you want it to be an R-rated horror movie. It it doesn't connect. You watch horror movies, you watch thrillers because you want to have that, that adrenaline rush of you don't want to be there, but you want to keep watching. And, and it's that you see the horror and you keep watching. You see the gore, you keep watching. You see the people try to escape and you keep watching. Horror movies are supposed to give us this, this euphoric rush of, of, of thrill of, oh, I'm glad I'm not them. Oh, I'm glad they survived. With Titans, you don't even get that in the horror sense. You get it in a sense of... Well, I guess they'll survive. I don't fucking care. I mean, they're the heroes. So of course they'll live. They're not going to kill off so-and-so. Because that's all you can think of. It detracts you from the scenes going on. And I understand why. They want to make sure everybody tells their story. The first season's all about Rachel. It's all about Raven. And it's still, I guess, going to still be about Raven in season two. This was a midpoint of a season. And it seems like what they're going to do is the two seasons are the are the original pilot for Titans, because this was a this is basically a midpoint episode. Now that we see him, uh, Dick Grayson succumb to darkness and Rachel is broken, season two is going to be the second half of this arc. So at the end of season two, everything will be better now, because that's how things are written. But I don't think they know that. I think they're going to write season two like it's an actual season two. And we're going to have a new villain of the week. And we're going to have a new flavor. And we're going to make sure everyone's trying to find themselves. And Or or maybe Nightwing's going to be his alter ego because he's so dark. It's going to be something dumb like that. And I just don't want to watch. And I'm so heart, I'm so heartbroken. And I gave this show almost three months of my life. And I don't know why I kept watching other than I thought it was going to be good. I I know as a bit, uh, Jack and Ian go, why do you keep watching this? It's bad. Why do you keep watching this? And I even say the same thing. I threw in the towel after the Asylum episode because that is literally one of the worst episodes of television I've ever seen. Asylum. Where it's just torture porn, and then you got to do the thing. Like, why would I want to watch that for 45 minutes? It It's not a good show. And I thought it could get better. And it did not. And it's one of those things where I think, as fans of comic books, of stories and characters, you know, when the story is just not good, you have to find that moment where you have to drop off and not look back. And it's real tough. It's really tough. And I need to figure out how to learn that. Because Titans 
really did ruin my love of Dick Grayson and Nightwing and Robin. It made me not enjoy the Titans at all, both the cartoon and the comic series. It it's it's poisoned my enjoyment of DC Comics in general. And all I can say is I don't want to be bitten again by a different show. I want Doom Patrol to be better. I want Swamp Thing to be better. Harley Quinn animated to be better. But Titans being so bad. So bad. And this finale basically being a slap in my face. All I could think of is it's not going to get better. It's a waste of money. This whole service is a waste of money. Don't waste your time with the service. Just because the Jason Todd episode is good doesn't mean it's worth the the 60 bucks a year. It's not. It's hardly even worth the $3 if it was up on Amazon Prime. It's it's heartbreaking. Truly. It's one of those things where after I hit this stop button and upload this to Anchor... I'm going to need some time of reflection here. And I, it's, it's it's going to be like a lot of self-care. It's going to be a lot of me drinking milkshakes, playing Super Smash Brothers until like 3 a.m. And then just like figuring out where that next thing is. Because I, if this show gets the appeal, and it's okay if you like the show. I'm just going to say it before we end this. It's okay if you like the show. I understand various reasons why you would. Rather, it's you've been waiting your whole life for the adaptation. You finally got it. To maybe the characters are good and more brightful, and I kind of like it. I get that. Or you like the storyline. You like Trigon. You like Rachel finally being the star rather than in the side. I get that. But it's just not good, at least in my mind. I know when San Diego Comic Con first showed that trailer, fuck Batman. It was laughable, and a lot of people just said, no, no, thank you. And I was thinking, okay, that was a bad trailer, but I'll give it a go because Dick Grayson's in this, and I want to see this succeed because I want to see their interpretation. It was not what I expected. It actually was worse than the trailer, at least with the trailer and how dark and edgy that is, you always got some competence of what the show was about. This show barely had that in mind. And it, it, it's kind of, at least from my perspective, just heartbreaking. I, I'm going to probably now read the rest of the Nightwing arc uh, where Dick Grayson gets shot in the head and becomes Rick Grayson taxi cab driver and guy who falls asleep in bartenders with a huge scar in his head and the buzz cut and as each issue grows so does his hair till eventually the nightwing military group of police uh decide oh we're too bad to we can't be nightwing because we're in over our head we actually do need nightwing and and dick grayson becomes nightwing again and saves the day we don't know how many issues that's going to take maybe it's going to be another eight who knows or we're going to just have a Team Nightwing. Whatever. I don't know. DC Comics has broken me. I never thought they would. But they did. I don't know if I can 
just recover from this. They are just bad. Someone should just buy them from Warner. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to see Aquaman because the DC Comics logo's on it. I don't know who to blame between Jeff Johns, Greg Berlanti, Jim Lee, uh, the the guy at the corner that sells comic books to me, or or just Warner Brothers in general, or just shareholders of Warner Brothers. But it it broke me. I feel broken, and I don't know when I can recover. I don't feel the joy. Uh, there's nothing sympathetic for the character. But, um, you know, there's always the, the comedy skills that come from fun time calls, and I'm pretty sure the next recording will be a fun time with, with Jack and, and Ian. And I hope you guys listen to that. I'll It'll be up probably in a couple of days. Wish you guys have a very... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. January 1st is my favorite day of the year because we celebrate doing nothing. And I think I'm going to do that. So thank you guys for listening to Jordan Talks Titans, the season one recap, where nothing significant happened and I felt like I wasted my time. Big smooch. Good night, everybody. Robin, Robin in charge. Show him your baby hand. No, Robin, Robin's a large.